Hello, I'm Chris Biddle and welcome to episode 92 of Inside AgriTurf and to a, a special edition featuring an all-women panel. And they are Poppy Burrow, Sales Support Specialist with JCB Agricultural Sales and Marketing. We've got Hannah Robinson, Operations and Marketing Manager for Brian Robinson Machinery, a farm machinery dealership in North Yorkshire. Uh, Lauren Savage is a technical trainer with AP Air Europe Limited, a, an agricultural air conditioning specialist. And Jackie Evans, who is head of grounds at Wellington College in, in Berkshire. Now, I think you'll agree a very eclectic range of guests from across the agricultural and turf care sector. And I'll introduce them more fully in a minute. So thank you all for joining me. And um, I don't really know why I should describe this episode as special. But the fact remains that the land-based engineering sector is not as diverse as it should be. Uh, you regularly hear comments being about it being staffed by middle-class, middle-aged, and for good measure, white men. And that's a perception possibly not far from the truth. Uh, we are talking about a lack of diversity here. And, uh, but looking around, I get the sense that things are changing. And this panel today is perhaps a testament to that. So... Let's crack on and I'll tell you a little bit more about our guest today before we open up the discussion. So let me introduce um, Poppy Burrow to you, who, as I said, is a sales support specialist with JCB Agricultural Sales and Marketing. And Poppy comes from East Devon, where her father ran an independent agricultural engineering company. Uh, she studied at Kingston Moorwood Agricultural College in Dorset and gained experience in working in dealerships and on farms. Now, after joining JCB, she successfully competed the JCB Technician Engineering Apprenticeship and is currently studying for a BSc uh, Business to Business Sales Professional degree at Leeds University alongside her JCB role. And, and during her apprenticeship, Poppy was an NFU, STEM and Young Apprentice Ambassador. So, Poppy, welcome. Um, so you've got, uh, obviously, a very uh, valuable engineering qualification. If you've moved into a, a, a sales role, albeit sort of as a go-between, um, do you find it's a real advantage having that engineering qualification when you're liaising with sales? Yeah, I think it's really important. Um, so as I was saying, I, I work in a product role um, on the fast track team and link largely the sales team and the engineering team and the customer teams together to make sure that the products we're producing are fit for the requirements for the customer. So having that engineering knowledge um, and an understanding of farming and an understanding of product is really important to make sure that everyone is on the same page of what we're producing. Well, next, um, Hannah, Hannah Robinson, uh, who is operations and marketing manager for uh, Brian Robinson Machinery. And Hannah spent uh, three years as a beauty therapist on cruise ships uh, before constant traveling and long stretches away from home uh, took their toll. As a stopgap, she worked in uh, the accounts department of her father's farm dealership. And in 2019, the company service manager suddenly left in mid-harvest and Hannah stepped into the role and immediately made a difference. Uh, today, uh, she runs the operation and marketing function, and it should be noted that Brian Robinson Machinery won the 2022 Farm Machinery Dealer of the Year Award. So congratulations on that, uh, Thank Hannah. Thank you very much. <laughs> Uh, tell me, is is there a difference between customer demands or expectations at a beauty salon on a cruise ship and the farmer whose combine has broken down in mid-harvest? 
Yes, I would say so. Um, but also no, because there's that need, not a want, but there's that need whenever somebody wants a service, regardless of the service. I would say the males tend to find it more difficult speaking to a female. You can get spoken down to, you can get refused to be spoken to, um, which can make your job harder. But I am quite fortunate with the position that I am in. Uh, being the boss's daughter, I do not get treated differently, but I have that level of respect from the staff that if they don't like the fact that I get spoken down to, so they will always have my back. Great. Um, the third member of our panel is is Lauren Savage, um, who works for AP Air Europe uh, Limited as a technical trainer. Uh, and Lauren has joined me on the podcast previously. And Lauren's first interest was in cars and motorcycles, and she was an apprentice with a car franchise, but but became interested in tractors and the much bigger kit. As a result, Lauren gained an apprenticeship with uh, Chandler's Farm Machinery, which was re uh, previously Lister Wilder. And in 2021, Lauren won the silver medal in the Technician of the Year Award organized by industry body Leetech, um, along with the overall winner, Laura Basnett. Um, so, Lauren, we, we've spoken before and and you described to me agricultural engineering as a breath of fresh air compared with the motor trade. Uh, do you still find that? Absolutely. Without a doubt in my mind, I still get to see the both the best worlds with AP Air because I cover AP Auto as well, which is the automotive side of the air conditioning training. And it's just so different. Like, even though their jobs are essentially the same to service and fix like machinery, it's knowing how it works and what goes on instead of just replacing parts. And it's nice that people actually want to know the technical side of things and not just, oh, I just need to replace this part. So, yeah, absolutely. And the fourth member of our panel is Jackie Evans, who is the head of grounds at Wellington College. Now, Jackie was appointed head of grounds at Wellington in August 2021, having served as deputy for over 20 years. Uh, she oversees the upkeep and preparation of cricket, football, rugby, tennis, hockey, lacrosse pitches and courts and has a particular interest in cricket pitch preparation. Uh, Jackie studied turf management and science at Meriswood College and is currently studying for professional qualifications in sports turf and turf services management. Uh, and Jackie, in fact, uh, succeeded her father, who was the previous head of grounds at, at Wellington. So, so Jackie, welcome. I, yeah. I imagine, imagine that caring for the range of sports played at a school like Wellington means a non-stop program of preparation and upkeep to ensure the top class playability and safety. So how many staff have you got? And is there ever a dull moment in your life? So I've currently got five staff beneath me. Um, we're trying to recruit for another member. Um, so in total, hopefully we will have seven eventually. Um, in terms of dull moments, no, with the team that I've got and the work that we do, there's never, never time to have a dull moment, I don't think. <laughs> and is there a difference between the work that you do in term to the work you do out of term? Yeah, so during term time, it's just sort of the preparation and maintenance of the general services, you know, preparing for matches and training sessions. And then when the pupils leave, we then concentrate on renovating the pitches ready for sort of the next term, um, you know, or even the next year. Um, so it's constant, constant all year round. 
Well, let's let's get on to the sort of main uh, job here, which is to sort of really examine uh, the, the, hopefully the growing role of uh, women in in the land based engineering uh, sector. So, really, my question to uh, you all and uh, have you, which of you have experienced any issues with males uh, questioning your place in the industry? <laughs> and I think Hannah, you kind of touched on it just now in your introduction, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Um, I think I brought it up a little bit too early, but yeah, I've had a lot of negativity, but also a lot of positivity when people, when they do, un- they do understand that you do know what you're talking about, they're more open to speak with you, which is really great. And the one thing I do find is when I was the service manager, I'm able to diffuse a situation a lot quicker than if there was a male service manager there, because then they'll have the heat of the being angry whereas a, a, a woman has a little bit more of a, a gentle tone so even if you are annoyed you can do it in a slightly different way well and, and what was there any difference when um your your customer was a woman i mean w- was that easier or more difficult sometimes oh definitely easier <laughs> they, they did prefer speaking to a woman <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and 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 Poppy, um, we've also spoken before, and you contributed as a guest earlier, and and, and I think we talked about um, some of your early days of getting into or, or looking to get into JCB, and I I think um, from what I can recall, you were uh, you, you got the introduction through uh, being on a show stand, and and w- was there any sort of opposition or querying y- your role as a possible woman within the agricultural engineering sector? Not within JCB. The only issue I had was um, a dealership near home, not a JCB dealership. It was whilst I was at college. Um, I asked for a job a couple of days a week, sort of free labour, uh, just to get more experience in the workshop. Um, and I went in to talk to them about it as this you know, part-time role um, as a part-time college student at the same time. And they turned around and said that the workshop wasn't the right place for a girl. <laughs> I think in for some people that definitely would have been a bit of a kickback or, you know, maybe I should look elsewhere. But I think it, that I am thankful it happened to me and not somebody like a little bit more reserved. I'm quite a stubborn person. So it worked quite well that I really just saw it as a way to think, right, OK, I'll do something bigger and better than what your dealership could offer me um, in terms of being in the workshop there. But I think for some people that really would have been quite upsetting and quite confidence knocking and I hate to think that some they could have said somebody something like that to somebody that actually would have thought something of you know those untrue words indeed and I guess that JCB is is, is very focused on diversity within the company as a as an international company yeah um, and I think that's probably one of the upsides of working here is because of the size of the company I mean they employ about 14,000 people They've got the means um, and the capability to be able to broaden their search more than I perhaps would think that smaller companies are able to, not because they're not wanting to, but because they don't have the luxury of of being able to in the same way. Um, Lauren, uh, I got the impression from our earlier uh, chats on the, the podcast that uh, you, you you kind of, I might say, so it was all action, you were involved in um, mo- motorcycles and so on. So uh, engineering was not uh, unusual to you. Did you, along the line within the dealerships, um, that, did you find any resistance to your place? 
so like the girls were saying it's you know it can neither be your biggest downfall or the best card you can hold being a female in the workplace so and, and by that you know the best card be like like hannah said you can diffuse a situation a lot quicker it's always a good talking point like people are like oh, how did you get into it i'm like really interested in your career path or if it was to be a downfall like poppy said like if you can't handle it then it unfortunately can turn you away from the industry but i think you know if you like feather it in time, it grows your backbone and you just get used to working with blokes and you get used to any sorts of questions and it just helps you deal with people a lot easier. I've had it multiple times. You know, I've had really great conversations with people on the farms I've gone to and the farmers have been like, I've never had a woman service my tractor. This is like history in the making. And then I've also had people saying, you know, when's the bloke turning up? And unfortunately I was like, I'm your only option. So take it or leave it. (laughs) Oh yeah. I understand and uh, within your current current role, I mean, uh, again, that that's quite easy to fit in, is it? Yeah, absolutely. So as soon as my candidates have learned that, you know, I know what I'm talking about, they listen, and sometimes I can get more sense out of them than my male colleagues can. So, absolutely. And, and Jackie, what about you? I mean, there's there's not. I'm not sure whether you, are you the only grounds manager um, in in charge of a team uh, within the industry, uh, either within dog. Um golf or in sports i'm not sure to be honest i don't know of any other female um head of grounds Uh, and and are your team are they mainly male or have you got a mixed team i've now got a mixed team so i've got another three women on the team which is sort of happened recently in the last uh two years that's great i mean how easy was it to encourage um, women to come and join you uh well the first one sarah um i met her at college 20 odd years ago um and persuaded her to join me and then that was it for a very very long time until sort of two years ago uh jess joined us from um a cricket club just on the outskirts of london and then i've also got a non-skilled uh member of staff esme who she originally wanted to go down the gardening route and then sort of we chatted and kind of explained more about the role and you know she's given it a go, and she's really good at it. And that's good to hear. Um, to you all, really, um, do you get the sense that things are improving in terms of sort of mixed diversity within the land-based engineering sector? Um, do you think there are greater opportunities today for women uh, working in senior roles? Um, uh, as I said, to Poppy um, uh, JCB. Um, is obviously committed to diversity and uh, doesn't have a commitment to employ an equal amount of women to men. Is that possible? In honesty, I don't know in terms of recruitment what they lay out as an ideal split. Um, but, I mean, I'm coming up to five years here and I can, myself can see a huge difference in the number of women joining the business in various roles throughout the apprenticeship schemes as well. I mean, when I joined, I think that was about three or four women out of about 100 on my scheme. Um, and then the business schemes were definitely more 50-50 into the more sort of, you know, stereotypical female roles. But we are beginning to see a better split. I think when you talk in terms of senior management, that that is not going to be an immediate change because you don't walk into a business into a senior role, um, especially if you're joining quite young. So I think in years to come, because we're seeing the intake of younger women now, that's when we'll start to see women going into senior roles as they've worked their way up through the business, which I think is a better approach than 
thinking, right, we don't have a great representation of women in a senior role. We'll just pick one out to look good. You know, it, women are growing into their roles, growing into more senior positions, which, you know, is later on than men. And it should have happened earlier. And we all know that. But I think at least it's happening now. than not at all. And Hannah, um, in your time in the industry and maybe contact with other dealers, do you get a sense that there are more women gradually coming into the industry? I think it's quite a difficult one um, because it can be quite off-putting because the males can be quite undermining sometimes and you feel like that you're not good enough for those roles. But it's like when I was the service manager, I very because I took on the role based on I knew the company, I knew the, how the computer system worked, I knew the capabilities of all the um, employees. It was just the role itself that I didn't know, but I was able to bring a different kind of technique, should I say, to the role, organisational skills. Yeah. Women have them second to none. <laughs> um, <laughs> and that's a huge part of the role is as long as you've got organisation, the rest you can learn. Like, yes, I did know a little bit about the industry, but I was you obviously grew learn. up in it uh, with, with with your father. I did, I did, yeah. But I was, yeah, I wasn't really a part of it. But yeah, it, it is something that, as long as you understand the industry, you understand the needs and the levels of needs that are required. Lauren, what when you were in the dealership and now uh, with your with AP uh, Europe, do you find that there's more interest in from women in entering the industry? So I actually visited my old college um, in Warwickshire, Moral Moral, the other day, and now they've got about four more girls on the land-based service engineer course. So absolutely. So I obviously, I think people are pushing it a lot. And obviously you see all these women on advertisements and it's great. I love that. Also, at the same time, I don't want it to be a separate category to everyone else. Like it's great pushing women in the category, but don't make it their own, like, you know, special, like we're special in the industry. I want everyone to feel as one. And, you know, sometimes it's not about pushing genders and industry. It's about pushing the actual industry itself. And look how fun it is to work in agriculture. You get to be here, there and everywhere. You get to think of different solutions, thinking on your feet. Um, so that's a big thing. It's about pushing the actual industry as well, not just the genders involved. Jackie, um, you're you're involved with the Grounds Management Association. Um, yeah. Is there a sort of real push within the association to um, to encourage women specifically into it? Not really, to be honest. Um, I've done a couple couple of articles now with them to try and encourage women into the industry and sort of on the um, Welly Grounds Twitter page as well, Um, you know, putting pictures up of, you know, my team, the females driving the tractors and using the big heavy machinery and, you know, doing everything that a male can do and, you know, sometimes to a better standard. Yeah, but look, kind of that kind of leans me on to my my next question is, um, do you think a woman's thought processes, their their instincts, differ from male colleagues within the uh, within the workplace? I'm probably referring to uh, the old book, which was "Men Are from Mars and Women Are from Venus." Uh, so, do you think that women come at problems in a different way? to males do sometimes and, and perhaps hopefully uh, between them they actually come up with a good answer uh, Poppy what what do you find I wouldn't say the instinct is different and I think that maybe my opinion might differ here but my sort of take on these sorts of situations is when you 
compare, you know, real basic differences between men and women, that that's probably inherently where the problems come from in comparing genders is like saying, you know, women are more caring or I don't know, men are less emotional, that those are sweeping generalizations. So I think perhaps the instincts are the same, but your way of having to go about it because of how you've been treated in the workplace before is different. So I think that I probably prepare myself more for situations like public speaking, presenting about tractors, because I know that I'm going to have different feedback than a male counterpart. And I don't think that that is instinct. I think that's more from being exposed to gender stereotyping, being exposed to sexism, that sort of thing. So it is something that I've intended to do rather than instinctively done. And that's where I think the difference sits between men and women is because we know, and I'm sure all of you know, everyone else has felt the same, that you are judged harder than men. Because if I slip up and said something wrong, I'd be like, oh, that girl, she thinks she knows about tractors, or she said this. Well, it doesn't help as well that I'm quite young compared to people that I would compare myself with within the team. So that young girl said this or did this. I don't know. That's how I see it anyway, is their response is the problem. My instinct isn't. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Hannah? You, you worked in two sort of very contrasting industries, and obviously you uh, have come across problems and issues that have, have cropped up. Um, I presume in uh, on the cruise ships it was mainly an all-female staffing, was it, of the various uh, department you worked in? But but do you think that there is a, a different way of looking at things between women and men? I think I think there is. I think. It's a bit more of a known thing that men tend to grow up slower than women. Um, so I think the way that males present themselves in relation to a woman in various different ways, I think a woman can be a little bit more advanced naturally. We have a different age range of technicians within our um, company. I think it is a, a, a bit about people's backgrounds um, and stuff like this as well. But I think in a way, the process, a women's process is sometimes a little bit natural, naturally more is quicker in, in, in some instincts. Um, males might be very much quicker um, in a different instinct than, than a female. But it is, I think it is a lot to do with people's backgrounds and the way that they are raised. Yeah, indeed. As, as well. Um, Lauren, what about what about you? Um, you, you? You worked up quite extensively in a in male dominated industries. Do you find that you approach sometimes issues differently to male colleagues? Yeah, so I would say naturally women are more like we're tidier. I'd say we have a tidier workspace and we are more organised and just handle things better sometimes i would say the best way to explain it and no offense to the blokes here that men are a health and safety hazard with some like solutions the way they go about some stuff is like are you trying to hurt yourself and then women you know maybe think about the risks a bit more before like you know say lifting something heavy off the floor men will just try and do it and do their back in and then i'd go and get a telehandler or something like that so that's yeah one of the differences is men are a health and safety hazard <laughs> I guess it's almost like uh, the, uh, uh, the men, I don't think, ever read instruction books or anything. They just know the, how to work the thing. And uh, when they can't, yeah. they, they And actually... that's like touching on what Poppy said earlier. You know, when 
women it's like it's not instinctively it's like we have to be this way because if we do mess up I, I you know I've had it a lot as a young person especially not just being a female saying you don't know nothing you haven't been in the industry long enough it's like okay <laughs> yeah there's just no arguing with some people Jackie uh, grounds management um it's, it's often a misunderstood profession it's a very professional um profession there's a lot of science involved in it and uh, you know it is not as some people say just sort of mowing the law mowing the grass and painting white lines i mean there's a lot more to it than that um does your approach to to it sometimes differ from some of the, the male colleagues that you've come up against um i think sort of the logic side of things and sort of the organizational um you know planning your day finding out what the schedules are uh, the training schedules, matches, etc. I think women just tend to do that a lot better. I don't know. Maybe that's just. I mean, you, you followed your father into the job, um, yeah. And I think everybody who who follows their their parent into the job or anybody taking over a new job have, have, has got got their own way of doing things. So, um, I mean, with your with your father, if you do something or suggest something, would it be in line with generally what he would have thought? Um, sometimes, sometimes not, you know, sort of younger way of thinking. And <laughs> Is it an age thing then? I mean, one or two people of, uh, of you have mentioned that it, it, because you're all fairly young. Uh, I think, um, you know, the older and more set in the ways, it doesn't matter whether it's women, men or women. Um, so it may well be come down to an age thing. I yeah, would absolutely agree there like yeah. and especially since especially some of the older like generation i've worked with especially in like you know on the on the tools things have changed now there's different equipment to lift like to help you and assist you and some of the older generation just you can't teach an old dog new tricks and they yeah. will just not agree with the new health and safety standards or something <laughs> like that and okay that's 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 great tell me you're all involved in various sectors of the the industry that we call land-based engineering and, and and turf care, of course. How would you sell the industry to um, outsiders and 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 um, maybe particularly young people? And 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 we've been talking about women being attracted into the industry. Uh, that might be a particular challenge. And of course, it goes without saying that we are in a very tight recruitment period at the moment. I guess it's very difficult for all of you to find staff at the moment. Uh, those that have to find staff. Um, what do you think are the main factors that you would sell this industry to outsiders? And Popper, you were involved, I understand, in a in, in a Q and A with the NFU to uh, a lot of school children um, about uh, what is a tractor expert. I think they used the, the the phrase. Did you get any feeling from the feedback on that that they were interested in what you were saying and and wanted to know more? Yeah, definitely. I mean, there were so many questions that were asked throughout of all sorts of level in terms of, you know, technical questions about tractors or my own path into the industry um, and different things I had done that had made me more experienced and then my day-to-day -day job. And I think that my sort of recommendation for joining the industry would be, for me, it's felt like an extension of young farmers. I mean, I speak for myself but I imagine Hannah as well would feel like this is it's all very very like-minded people throughout the industry and it reminds me of being at Young Farmers it reminds me of being at home even though we're a very very mixed team in terms of ages 
I just feel like there's this common theme and understanding that just makes every day a bit of a laugh as well as you know learning so much and I think it's really important as well like you were saying that we all are women in the agri or turf industries but there's so many different roles I think the misconception is that you've got to be you know I don't know either like milking a cow or fixing a tractor covered in oil but there's so much more to it that I think is not really publicized one because agriculture is still quite a traditional industry and two if you're coming from a city you've got no understanding of how much actually goes on and how food is produced because you go to a shop you pick up a bag of potatoes and that's that you don't know the whole farm to fork and then every single process involved in that as well and every single person in every single process it's a huge amount of jobs I mean none of us could sit here and name them all now but I think getting that across and that it does take you know, arty people, the graphics and design that goes into everything at JCB down to supplier quality in terms of plastic injection molding and stuff like that. It's so, so diverse. And I really think that that's what young people need to realise. It's not carols and tractors. It's it's everything. Absolutely. Lauren, how would how would you sell? You're, you're an enthusiast. How would you sell um, the industry as a whole, rather than your company, to to outsiders. So, sort of touching on like what Poppy said, like it. So, for me, as personal experience, I didn't come from a farming background. I haven't come from a mechanical background. It's just something I had an interest in, and like Poppy, I was stubborn, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm going to do it." Um, so, I would just said it sort of the same. There's so many different sectors, and you don't have to be a, like dirty and oily. You know, you could go into sales or designing or anything and it's just so important because it's such the backbone of this country like that's what people forget agriculture is the backbone of most countries if not in fact the world and we need it to survive even you know no matter what you eat whether you eat meat whether you're a vegetarian anything you need agriculture so it's just it's an honor to be a part of that as well and that's just how i'd sell it it's you know it's an honor indeed and uh, and jackie uh, looking after grounds and and as i say there's a there's a huge misconception about what you actually do how easy do you find it to encourage um outsiders to 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 join you or join the industry as a whole i think it's quite hard i think in some respects we get mistaken quite a lot for gardeners um you know sort of looking after plants and things which you know we don't do you know i think if you if you love working outdoors and if you love your sport it's a great industry to get into and again there are so many avenues that you can go down you don't necessarily have to go down the management side if you don't want to you know you've got you can go into stadiums there's many amount of sort of football stadiums rugby stadiums cricket you can specialize into into you know certain sports if you want to obviously schools you know, so my background it's multi-sports um, which makes gives you a bit more variety on what you can can't do so when I came into the industry um, obviously I didn't know about the industry other than sort of you know my father you know it wasn't something that you know was mentioned in a career day at school so I think that kind of needs to be addressed Yes, funny enough, I did a I did an article at Maris Wood uh, with uh, with some of the students who were on a golf course training, and uh, I did ask them why they joined it, and it and it kind of ranged from 
my mother told me to do it to um, actually uh, I'm not good enough to be a pro golfer, but I want to be involved in the sport. And I think that applies to quite a lot of people, particularly with turf care. They can actually uh, rub shoulders with, with, with the heroes in many cases. And uh, yes, yeah, definitely. You know, yeah. I've been very fortunate at Wellington to have the um, England rugby squad train there, the New Zealand all blacks they've trained there in previous years. You know, the cricketers that come out of Wellington sort of, um, Sam Curran, probably the sort of the last one I can think of. You know, and a lot of the a lot of the rugby guys as well. Job. Um, Chris, sorry. Yeah, yeah sorry, one, Hannah. Sorry, there's one thing that I would say which I think has come to light a little bit more for me over the last couple of years due to COVID is security. It's an industry that's not going to go anywhere. Yeah. Um, and no matter what you do within the industry, you're secure because it. At the end of the day, the animals still need feeding, the crops still need cutting, the crops still need caring for. And it's something that for our company throughout the whole of COVID, we didn't furlough anybody, not even the lady in the accounts department, because things still needed to go through a process because everything still needed to tick along. So for me, it's something that obviously the dynamics of how people look at life over the last couple of years because of what has gone on, I would definitely say security would be a, a, top, a top thing for as long as the population keeps growing mm-hmm. we're going to need food yeah if you want food you're going to need farmers if you need farmers you're going to need machinery yeah. and people are going to need cooling down and that's where i come exactly. into it <laughs> <laughs> what well, we've got with global warming yes yeah exactly exactly well, well, look, I, I really do thank you uh, for taking part in this. It's been most interesting. And I'd just like to to, to, to wind up by asking uh, you all whether you've got a, a role model, um, uh, somebody that you admire that that has helped you um, in progressing through, the, for, through this industry. Uh, Poppy, is, is there someone? Yeah, and I imagine it probably sounds quite cliched, um, but my great nana was my favourite person ever. Um, she passed away in 2018, which was about three months before I moved up here. So I missed out on telling her that I got the job at JCB just by such a sliver of time. But um, she was just a trailblazer. Honestly, she was the best woman I've ever met. Um, she would have run the farm pretty much by herself um, back through the you know the 40s. With everything going on, she was always just sort of the constant. She would be up every morning milking. You know, she just was so independent Um, and she was a young farmer as well. And I think that's where I feel such a connection to her because I was the first young farmer after her and her daughter. So my nan, and she was always so proud of me for being involved in things like that. And I don't know, I just can't explain, you know, how much she, she means to me. And not long after I started up here, my nan, so her daughter, who is, you know, quite, very English in terms of not very emotional or anything like that. She sat me down and told me how proud Big Nan, as we all called her, would be of me. And, you know, every time something's like not going my way or I feel, you know, am I going to carry on with this? I think what would Big Nan say if I gave it in now? And I'm sure it'd be something rude because she was known for sticking two fingers up at people if she thought they were being silly. And I knew she'd sit down and say something along the lines of, you know, be stubborn or, dig your heels in something like that oh that's wonderful uh, thank you for that um poppy um hannah what about you i think i've always if i've i've always had the attitude of if i want something no matter 
what I want. I'll do it. I'll get it. And I'm quite driven like that. My parents, the life that I lived growing up as a child with my dad's company, it was always, you have to get up. You have to get on. You've got stuff to do. Like, so definitely both my parents, um, especially my dad, because he set this business up at the age of 21. We are just into our four, uh, 41st um, year this year. And it's definitely something that I want to make both of my parents proud and also carry on for my father because he's worked extremely hard to get the business where it is today. And I feel like I need to do something and give back and, and help him because, yes, it's his hobby, um, but it's also his life. And, yeah, I want to carry on that for him. Oh, that's, that's that's great. And congratulations once again for winning the Dealer of the Year Award. It's um, great <laughs> recognition. Have to, how has that been received by your customers? It's fantastic. Um, it was actually a great shock to us. I was invited down to the Dealer Awards um, by our, one of our manufacturers because I thought there was a spare seat on the table. And um, when the first award went, I think it was grounds care of the year. And then I said to the guy that was sat next to me, I said, so how would you find out if you were like a, a runner up in this or that you've been chosen for it? I said, how would you find out? And anyway, he started laughing and he said, Hannah, you, your name's like up there on the board. <laughs> so it was a huge, huge shock. Yeah, it's absolutely fantastic. Everyone's over the moon for us because I believe the the competitor to us that was chosen is a a dealer with five depots in the south of the UK and we're a single depot in the north. So, it, yeah, it was a huge achievement for us. Huge. Fantastic. Fantastic. Thank you. And, and, and Lauren, what about you? Um, who, what, is she, have you got a royal role model or um, somebody oh, you really admire? I didn't have the great start in life and um, like I've got a really supportive dad and I'm very close with my dad. So it was always helpful. Like he was always behind me in whatever I did, but I'd say I did it for myself. And, you know, like the girl said, like, you, you know, you're sort of raised to just get back up and do it again. And I only had myself to do that. So that's, that's what I did. You know, I was like, you, you want it, just go for it. And then that's how I've built, you know, what I've built today in my experience. You want it, you go for it. It's a good motto, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. And uh, this has definitely got a family feel to it. And Jackie, what what about you? I suppose it would be probably be my father. Um, he has obviously got me sort of into the industry. And I'd probably say my granddad as well, yeah. sort of from the farming background, you know, yeah. being born and bred in Somerset and always being sort of around the machinery and just the love of the outdoors, basically. It's, you know. So I think I have my definitely those two. Oh, that that's terrific, and definitely a family feel. And it is, uh, although we talk about uh, recruitment and selling the industry to outsiders, um, as Poppy said, you know, there's there's a great hinterland of of people connected to the to, to the industry, like, to, like young farmers. I'd just like to add a point as well. Like, obviously, we're all sat here talking that you know our dads and grandma, so granddads and everyone like sort of got us into the industry. But right now, we're making history, and we could be the people to get you know our children and everything like that yeah. into history. So soon, it's going to be oh, my mum got me into this. Oh, you know, my grandma yeah. got me into this. I think that's quite special. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, you couldn't have finished on a better or more apt note, uh, Lauren. So, could I thank you all for participating? It's been great fun, and. Um, I really enjoyed it. So, so can I thank you all very, very much indeed. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Chris. Thank you. It's, uh, yeah, been really good. And yeah, thank, thank you. you to meet you all as well. It's been really nice. Yeah, yeah definitely. Thank you.
Now, I don't know about you, but I took so much out of that. The pride, the commitment, and their hope for the future shone through from all our panellists. It is clear they think deeply about their role in the industry. And yes, they work in an unsung, perhaps unfashionable industry sector. And yet they recognise the vital role it plays in society. And with that comes security, which is something that not every industry can offer. So sincere thanks once again to Poppy, Lauren, Hannah and Jackie. They are superb ambassadors. Now I will be following this with another panel discussing issues of mental health in the agricultural and turf care sector, its causes and more importantly the help and support available. So remember to click subscribe when listening to Inside AgriTurf to ensure that each episode is made available to you on publication. I'm Chris Biddle. Thank you for joining me. And this is Inside AgriTurf. <laughs>